0: You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Mirable, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys here today. I love my church because they give away free CDs. Uh, Today is our release for our our Night of Worship album. And um, we have CDs in the uh, cafe. You can go and you can actually purchase hard copies for a little... I think it's like 6 or $7, uh, but you can go home today and download it for free. And so as we said, we want to do this as a free thing. And so you go to our website, poodleschurchcom slash now, N-O-W. You can download that and then you can have that for free. You can share that with whoever you want to share that with. Uh, but uh, just to kind of help us with costs, we printed some of these and made some of these hard copies for, for folks that maybe not uh, have a computer, I don't know. But um, uh, anybody want this for free, for sitting up close? You, I'm going to kind of, I don't want to hurt anybody. Here you go. Good catch. See, people up front get rewarded. So it's not just spit. It's also free stuff. But uh, we had the uh, Maryville College football team in the first service, so it was, it was awesome. Uh, they packed out this left-handed section, and uh, it was incredible. So pray for that, the, Coach Hayes and the team this year. They um, got a lot of cool stuff happening there, um, and for us— we're in a series entitled, It Matters. And so if you're a new person um, and, and uh, you're just uh, kind of getting used to the church, then this is a great series for you to be here. Um, a couple of things as we talk about this, if, you're, if there's like room in the middle of your aisle, if you don't mind just kind of scooting in and kind of opening up a few seats on the outside, uh, this is definitely a crowded service and um, there, there'll be some folks that'll be coming Um, as we uh, continue to go but anyway it matters and last week we talked about the it uh, being the vision the why behind the what matters right so the reason why we do certain things, the way that we do them at Foothills Church, really does matter. It's, it's not just because, you know, we, we came up with an idea. There's, there's, there's intentionality behind why we do the service, the way that we do, how we do programming for kids and for student ministry and all that stuff. There's reasons behind that. And so it really does matter. And when you look, read the Bible, you realize that the great commission, what Jesus told us to do, the last thing that He told his disciples, he said to go and make disciples teaching them everything that I have commanded you and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that is it. I mean, that's the vision. That, that's the, the why behind the what. That's what drives us. That's what we're trying to focus on here. And uh, today, I wanna move that conversation a little bit uh, further by talking about the system behind the scenes Now, the system behind the scenes matters in church life. It matters in any organization. It matters in your business. Um, Think about your business. You have a system for attracting new customers, for keeping new customers. Uh, You have systems, if you're a teacher, to um, uh, lead your class, to teach your class, to set rules and boundaries uh, for your classroom. And so we operate in and through systems as a people. God created us that way. He created our bodies to have a nervous system, He created the solar system. And so God works through systems. We as a church have a system that's, I think, important uh, because it allows us to move people from point A to point B to point C. And so that's really what I wanna dive in today. The, the system behind the scenes matters because you know, you're know you not gonna see this system. I mean, you're not gonna like be able to tangibly grasp this system, but when you begin to learn about it and understand it, then it makes more sense. And my hope today is that, You would hear this and say, man, I want to join. I want to partner. I want to dive into this. I want to see what God has for me. I want to see what the Lord wants to do in my life as a result of jumping into this. And so uh, that's our why, you know, this this vision um, of of making disciples. And oftentimes there's there's tension when people come uh, from other churches into our church when they have a different why. You know, if you come to our church and, and your why is some theological, you know, soapbox you wanna stand on and teach and, you know, that's not what we're about. We're, we're, we're about making disciples, you know. If your why is to cause the division and criticize and those kinds of things, that, you know, that's not gonna fly here because we are focused on division. Anytime you have a different why, things just don't fly, you know. And that's true in your family. It's true at work, you know. We need alignment, we want focus, and we, want, we, we don't want the enemy to distract us, which then will divide us and then lead us to discouragement uh, and then lead us to a defeated ministry, a defeated life, and we don't want the enemy to do that. We're not gonna give him room for that, and we wanna fight against that. So we want clarity, we want unity uh, as a church and as uh, a mission. Uh, when you think about, um, how God is, is operating um, in churches all across the country. Here, here's one thing that every church struggles with. Um, all leadership in church, whether it's pastoral leadership or if it's volunteer leadership, we will tend to gravitate towards keeping people rather than reaching people. And that's just in us because we have this uh, people-pleasing bone in our body. And, and so we, we want to please people and, and our focus begins to be less of what the Holy Spirit wants us to do and more about making sure everybody is, is comfortable and safe and, 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 and no, you know, not rocking the boat and all those kinds of things. And so we typically, as churches, we will gravitate towards keeping people rather than reaching people. And so what that means is we become inward-focused we become focused upon, you know, us four no more. You know, we we like to huddle up in our little circles and sing kumbaya and and, and we don't want anybody else to come in and mess with that, you know. Um, And so that's why you have internal struggles in so many churches because they're just focused on what they need and what they want not really what reaches people in the community, not really what allows people to feel welcome into a church and and not really about making disciples ultimately because we want more people to come to our church so that we can help them in this process to meet Jesus and to grow closer to Jesus and I want you to experience that and I want people that aren't here to experience that. I want your children to experience that and so we've gotta create a system, we've gotta create an environment here where people can flourish and where people can experience the Lord in that way. And so we've we've got to fight against that tendency to focus on the inward or internal um, deal and become selfish instead of the external needs of our city. And here here are a few ways we know that we have become, or we have gravitated towards the the, the internal and and not the external. Uh, Number one, when nobody's getting saved. When nobody is accepting Christ, we know that our focus on reaching people with the gospel ha- is gone. You know, if there's no baptisms, if there's no salvations, then we know that focus has shifted. Um, we know if we're not excited about people getting baptized, if we're not excited about salvations, then we know that our, our gravitation towards becoming inward and my personal problems and what I like about church and what I want them to do for me and has shifted when people are arguing and fighting over you know, silly things in the church, you know, then we know that our inward focus has, has gravitated to a point to where we're not really talking about how we can take the gospel to our city and our neighbors. We're talking about the color of the carpet and the paint on the walls and silly, silly things. My first church I pastored, um, it was a church that was run by deacons. You've, if you've been in church life, there's a lot of churches like this, but um, they, they were run by deacons. The, the deacons acted like elders, even though they weren't qualified to be elders. And so we met every month. And the first few months we met, you know, we were talking about, you know, Sister Flossie wanted the carpet vacuumed every week in her Sunday school class. And, and Brother So and so, you know, has a sore throat, you know, so let's pray for him. And I'm like, look, I want clean carpet. Let's pray for sore throats. But holy cow. The mission is so much bigger than this, guys. We have so much more to talk about, so much more to do, so many other things that we've gotta be focused on, not all these internal little things. Let's, anybody can take care of these, just fix that. Let's talk about how we take the gospel to our city. Let's talk about how we make disciples. And so for us, that's what we really, really wanna focus on and, and we need your help. Um, we, we want you to engage in this process. Um, in, in church life, this is, this is the key, unity, Unity is the key, you know, alignment is the key. Um, And so what we find is in church life, you know, people are are gifted in this area, somebody else is gifted differently, and this person has a tendency to look at that giftedness and to say, well, they don't do it right, they need to be, you know, passionate about what I'm passionate about, and they need to do this and focus on this, And, and this guy's like, I can't do that, I'm good at this, you know. And so instead of arguing and bickering, you know what we really have to build in our minds as a church is, is we wanna celebrate our differences and realize that God is using our differences to reach different people instead of criticizing our differences, which causes disunity. And so we wanna fight for that and we need you guys to rally behind that concept and, and, and realize that there are people in this room that are gifted differently and they're gonna do things differently than you and that's okay, Let's celebrate those strengths and let's, let's unite together around the vision of making disciples because every, every day we have this moment, all right? We answer this question, is it about me or is it about the mission? Is it about me or is it about the mission? We have me or the mission moments uh, on a frequent basis here, you know? Um, when, you drive, when you drove into this place and, and you were tempted to get frustrated and mad because you couldn't find a parking spot, You had a me or the mission moment and some of you saw a first time guest spot opened and you were tempted to park in that even though you've been here for like three years and you're like, oh man, there's nowhere else to park. I'm going to park in that first time guest nobody's going to know, you know, and you drove by it and you went, ah, I'll park in the grass again, you know, and you drove up on the hill and you parked and you're hoping your car doesn't fall out, you know, fall down the hill or whatever. Mirror the mission moments, you know, we have those every day. We have mirror the mission moments in our families, uh, in our churches, at work, because we're tempted to make life about us and not about the mission that God has given to us. Um, We have different seasons of ministry in our church. And so a lot of times, you know, We've got a lot of growth. This is a growth season. By the way, last week we broke 1,000 for the first time on just like a normal Sunday. So that was awesome for us and we were, we were pumped. And so, you know, we talk about attendance, we talk about growth, we talk about how God is moving and all these great things are happening. And so the tendency is for us to move and gravitate towards the, the, the inward focus and to make it about us and say, you know what? This is great. All these great things are happening. So we could just coast now. We've arrived. Things are awesome mere the mission moment or do we step step back and say okay God's God's opening up the floodgates right now God how can we continue to pursue your mission and how can we continue to make more parking and more space? And, and how do we how how do we continue to meet needs in our community? And God's bringing people just like you around our you know the the leadership and around the other ministries uh, with gifts and skills and talents. And uh, we want to know what those are so that we can we can do different things in our city and in our community. Um, and, and and so, me the mission moments. Um, as our church has grown, you know a lot of people, you know in this area, think you know a church should be a certain size, and so we break three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, and it's like, well, this church is too big. Like I, I don't know, there was three thousand in the early church in one day, and so, like, God. I, orchestrated and created that, but for them a church should be smaller for whatever reasons and so the pastor doesn't know me and those kinds of things and so they wanna move on. And I can't help that and I hate to see that because we, we make it about me instead of the mission. If we can't rally around the fact that there are people in our city that need Jesus, and that they need a seat in this room so that they can hear the gospel and they need a seat in a small group. They need a seat in a ministry so that they can experience all that God has for them. If we can't get excited about that and if we want to you know, make it about us so that we, can, you know, so we stay small, then, then we're in the wrong place here. Because it's not about me and what I want. It's about the mission. Hey, listen, it was much easier leading this church when we had like two and 300 people than it is right now. It was much easier. So, you know, on a, on a selfish, you know, note, it'd be great to go back to those days. But on a mission note, it would be a tragedy, you know? And so we wanna pursue these and we have these me or the mission moments. Some of you are having the moment now, like it's like if you have a parent or if you're a parent of a high schooler, um, they've moved high school small groups off of um, campus on Wednesday nights to homes on Sunday afternoons. And so it's like tension how do we get to our group and take this over here and do this and do that? And it's like, there's, it's difficult. It's always going to be difficult. Your schedule and balancing your schedule and how you help your kids grow and their faith is never going to be easy. Jesus never promised it was going to be easy. And so having done this for over 15 years with students, I know when they're in my home and we're diving into the scripture, there is nothing like it. And, and kids grow and, and kids change and as a parent I want my daughter and I want my my daughters and my son to be able to experience that that kind of environment and so uh, I've got four kids they're all in sports you know whether it be gymnastics or it's debatable but just kidding but uh you know it's uh they're all in activities hobbies sports whatever it is my wife's a cheerleader and so we it's a sport okay don't hate me for that um, but. But here's the deal, I'm going to practices, I'm running here, I'm running there, I've got a life, I try to have a life, I'm doing it. And so it's never easy, you know? It's not gonna be easy, but we don't wanna make it about us, we wanna make it about the mission. And so uh, my focus here as the pastor is, is, is to focus on the people that we do have and the people that aren't here yet. And so I, I have this 30,000 foot view of our church and all the different ministries, all the things that need, you know, work, all the things that are, you know, going well. And, and so leading those things and, and what we have is a church that's flying, you know, uh, at about 10,000 feet and, and we're still like, putting the wings on you know we're still building the engine as we're flying and so that's just the nature of a fast-growing church and so um, as we see these things we realize we're not doing this awesome we're not we've got several you know chinks in the armor you know that that got to get better but that's why I believe God brought you here to, to fill those needs and to fill those voids and allow us to pursue what God wants us to do so so the other the other part of of me being you know, outward focused is I spend a lot of time building you up. So if I can build you up, then I believe that you're more equipped to go to work, to go to your families, to go to the practices and influence the people in your circles uh, to come to our church, to understand the gospel. And, and so I, I want to build you up so that you can go out and, and be those, those, those missionaries. Now, I can do that and I do that as well. Um, I I like, you know, personal evangelism and sharing my faith I can share with anybody. It's not an issue. The one thing that's kind of weird for me as the pastor is like inviting people to come to church. If you think about it, you know, it's like, hey, you should come hear me speak this Sunday. (laughs) Awkward, you know, it's like, it's just so weird for me. I I just don't, you know, so, you know, so, so what I'm saying is to get people to come to church, you're the, you're the people that are going to do it and you're the people that are doing it. And uh, we wanna continue to see that. So um, we talk about um, all of these different um, issues. There's, there's, there, you know, we talk about kids programming, talked a little bit about student ministry. When we look at kids programming, why don't we do a Wednesday night deal? I get that question. We should do a Wednesday night deal. My last church did a Wednesday night deal. And I was like, we don't do a Wednesday night kids deal because programming wise, because schedules are busy. And so here, here's our system. Our system is to dive into children on Sunday morning and we've got small group leaders and we've got caring adult leaders that are over there right now teaching the gospel and pressing in and, and pouring into your kids. And then they're going to give you a, a, what we call a parent queue. Um, and then there's also a parent queue app. And so you're going you're gonna to take that information. And, and how about on Wednesday night, instead of dropping your kids off at some program where some stranger is forcing them to memorize scripture so that they get candy, Instead of that, we're, we're actually doing our job as parents and we're taking that Wednesday night hour slot and we're eating together and we're, we're playing together and we're playing board games. And then, oh, by the way, here's the app and here's some questions and let me dive into these questions and what you're learning and what you're reading about. Let's talk about it further. And as a parent, now I can disciple my kids as God called me to. See, that's our system. And so there's a system behind the scenes that's working. And that's just one example of of what we believe is a better system. It's a better way to develop disciples uh, when mom and dad are taking ownership for their kids' spiritual life. And so um, what does our strategy look like? So today is different, you know, you've already kind of felt that out already, but today's a little bit different. If you don't know about this, this is perfect for you. If you know about this, but you're kind of disengaged, this is great for you. Uh, but our system, our structure, the system behind the scenes is what we call the journey. And the journey is our process to help people move closer to Jesus, all right? And so, so there's, there's God's part, there's your part, and then there's, there's our part. So my part as a disciple maker is to create the system, to press into people, build relationships, share the gospel with them. You know, God's gonna do his part. He does the convicting, he changes lives. It's his spirit that moves in us. And then there's your part. And only you can do your part. Have you ever wanted somebody to stop doing something and to grow or to quit sinning? You're like, man, I wish they would just, and I've done everything I can. And you're just like, er. at the end of the day, I can't force you to do that. You know, Only you can allow the Holy Spirit to soften your heart to, to, to move you closer to him. So, so here's our system. It's called the journey. Um, and as we talk about the journey, we realize that everybody is on their own personal journey um, and, and their walk with God. And for us, it starts with base camp. Um, If you know anything about Mount Everest, highest mountain range or highest mountain peak in the world. And uh, this is is kind of the, the, the structure for climbing Mount Everest. It starts with base camp. For us, Base Camp is, is getting to know who we are as a church. So, you get to know pastors. We talk about our vision. We talk about our doctrine. We talk about what it means to be a partner. A partner with us attends church, um, attend, you know, serves in a ministry, and is in a small group. And so, that's just kind of what a partner does. They take ownership in the mission of the church. And, and so, that's kind of where we talk about that. Camp two is the second step of the journey. And Camp two is where we talk about the, how God designed you for ministry. So it, it, it's where you can discover that, that calling that God has placed in your life. The word design stands, each letter, it's an acronym, stands for something. The D stands for desires because we all have different passions and desires. I love basketball, I love sports. God has used sports in my life to reach people for Christ. I, I don't like knitting, I'm not a knitter. I'm not gonna be in a knitting ministry. Maybe God's calling you to do that to reach people, not me. Not, you know, that's gonna be your thing. I'm glad you're here. Um, so, So my desires play a huge part. My experiences play a huge part. Um, I was meeting with somebody this past uh, week and, and their experience was drug addiction and how God has brought them through that. And so now he, um, in, in, in his ministry is using that experience in his life and how God has rescued him to start recovery groups in our church uh, uh, starting in the next few weeks. And so, so using experiences God rescues saves and we use those. And then the S is spiritual growth. So, how do we grow spiritually and, and, and where are you at emotionally involved in the spirit? And we, we, we talk about that. Um, what's next? The I. Um, stands for individual personality. So your individual um, uh, style is, is how God has gifted you in your personality. And your personality connected with all these other things make you who you are. And it's important to know your personality. Um, 99% of the things you fight about in your marriage uh, largely have to do with your personality. And just knowing that kind of helps you interact with each other. And so um, if nothing else, Camp 2 will help your marriage. Um, individual style, the G stands for gifts. And so your spiritual gifts, every believer, Has a gift, but what is yours? You may have many. You know, well, well, how do you how do you flesh those out and and use those in the kingdom? and that's an important thing to to, to know. And then the N stands for your natural abilities. So we have natural giftings like some of you are athletic, some of you are musically gifted, some of you are are organized or whatever. And so those natural abilities. And so when you take that entire design together and you you think about it and you talk about it and then someone walks you through it, then you're able to know exactly you know, the place that God wants you to serve and and And, and, and so camp two, big, big, big class for us. Um, camp three is the next step. Now, as a believer, um, if all you do is come to church and you don't talk about some bedrock foundational principles of how to follow God, uh, then, then you're, you're missing out. Um, for instance, in camp three, we, we teach five basic classes. And one of those basic classes is just how to handle conflict. Because in the church world, there is conflict. In your marriage, there's conflict. At work, there's conflict. And in general, we're bad at conflict, you know? We we wanna run from it. We don't know how to handle our emotions through it. Um, And so we're just bad at it. So in this class, we're gonna teach it in in a couple weeks here. Um, And so we we teach how to handle conflict. We we talk about um, how to study the Bible, um, how to pray. Um, These are just basic things. But when you think about it, nobody actually taught us how to do that as a kid. We've heard some sermons on it and they're kind of rattling around, but nobody's actually just kind of sat down and said, no, here's a way to do it. Well, Camp 3, we help people kind of um, understand what that looks like, how to share the gospel, how to lead your family or, or the others. And then finally, the, the, it's not the last step, but the next step, the top of the mountain is, is, is what we call summits. And summits are divided into two areas. There are life summits and there are leadership summits. So a life summit is the big moments in your life, like when you are having a baby, for instance. So we have a class, this is your first child. We've got a class where we teach you about parenting and, and, and understanding how to be a godly you know, father or mother and what that looks like. And, and so we teach that course, and then, then we celebrate that course by uh, dedicating your child to the Lord here on a Sunday morning. Um, and so every major life stage is, has a life summit. Um, it goes from being single, how to be single and, and honor God, uh, to marriage, to birth of a baby, and then it goes all the way to like uh, leading your child to Jesus. It goes into parents of middle schoolers, I'm um, a parent of a high schooler, um, and then finally the empty nest um, area. And so, so what, we, what we're doing is teaching in all of those different life stages, and so that's a life summit. Um, for instance, if you're a parent of a middle schooler um, or... Let me just back up if you've got a third fourth or fifth grader this is this is really important for you so like the spring and summer before their sixth grade year, we do a course um, for um parent of a middle schooler and so we teach you how to share sexuality with your with your student with your fifth grader rising sixth grader and and so um we we uh, give you material take them on a little weekend trip share all that stuff so it's not weird and awkward and and um really help equip you to do that and so that's just a life summit that we think is important because let's just Face it, as parents, we don't know what we're doing when it comes to that one, right? You know, I, I was a really awkward conversation with dad that day. And, um, you know, I don't want to get into it, but gee whiz, it was weird. And, and some of us are continuing that, that train of thought. So, you know, with the Life Summit, we believe that will help. Leadership Summits, same general concept. If you're in leadership at our church, those Leadership Summits are coming on a regular basis where we're helping you develop as a leader. And um, at the core of all of these is our small group ministry our small group ministry. And so when we when we look at small groups, we, we realize that I can I can be in a small group having not become a partner of the church. I can be in a small group without going to base camp and all these things. But 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 the point is in a small group we've developed these relationships to help us walk through all of these seasons of life and through this process and, and, and my hope is once you've gone to base camp, camp two, camp three, you're involved in life, life summits and leadership summits, then the point is then to go back down and grab a few people and then take them back up the, the mountain with you. Hey, you guys need to go to base camp. Hey, you guys should go to camp too. Here's what I learned. Let me show you what you can learn. And, and so now we're helping people go through that process. And so we believe through the course of that, these are ongoing classes that happen every year and small groups on top of what we do on Sunday mornings. This is, this is positioning you to grow. So, so in a nutshell, that's our system. And it's behind the scenes. And if you're not engaged, you don't know about it and you're not really involved with it. But for us, it's, it's really foundational uh, structure for growth. And at the core of all of this, we firmly believe that the Bible teaches relational discipleship. In other words, it's through relationship that God grows us. It's through relationship that we learn about the Bible, we apply the Bible and we serve together. And so relationship is vital in everyone's life. So I wanna close today with, with the, the biblical understanding of relationships. So let's take a look at the screen in a couple of verses and a few major points here. Foundations for relational discipleship. Number one is that God created us to be in relationship with Him. He created us first and foremost in the garden, Adam and Eve, no sin, perfect harmony, relationship, paradise with God. Genesis 1. We read in uh, Jeremiah 24, verse seven, God says, I'll give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. So God uh, is here creating us to be in relationship with him. I'll give them a heart to know me. God is not, you know, creating the world, stepping back from the world and doing other things. He is engaged in this world. He is in control. He is sovereign. And he wants to be in a relationship with you. And if you know him as your Lord and Savior, amazing. Amazing. Step one, now it's time for you to go deeper. And that water is so deep, you will, never reach the, you will never reach the bottom. The more you dive in and the more you run after Jesus, the more you learn and the more you're filled and the more you realize that there is so much more to understand and to experience. And so he created us to be in a relationship with him. Secondly, God created us with the need for relationships with others. We are relational people. In Genesis chapter two, God says, it is not good for man to be alone. So the whole basis, you know, for a marriage is that we're, we're not created to be alone. And, and the problem with men especially is that we tend to be kind of like loners and, and we like to isolate ourselves, especially when there's issues or problems. You know, we don't, we don't wanna share, we don't wanna open up. We can figure this out on our own. It's kind of the manly way to handle it, like not talk about it, you know. And so we tend to isolate ourselves. But it's in that isolation that our heart becomes hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Uh, the Bible speaks to this. And, 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 and so we wanna understand that God has, has created us to be in relationships, so we need each other. Number three, we need each other to succeed as Christians. And so we need relationships to be successful Christians. In other words, to grow, to, to, to do what God has called us to do. We need each other around us to help us uh, accomplish the things God's put before us. Hebrews chapter three, verse 12 and 13 says, "'Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you "'an evil, unbelieving heart, "'leading you to fall away from the living God, "'but exhort or encourage one another daily, "'as long as it is called today, "'that none of you may be hardened "'by the deceitfulness of sin.'" See, this is what happens when we disengage from church, when we disengage from relationships, from believers in our life. Sins deceitfulness hardens our heart. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's a slow progression. And some of us have experienced it. We stepped out of the church and the next thing we knew, you know, we we were becoming hardened. And, And so we didn't want to go to church. We didn't want to be around the things of God. We didn't want to grow. We didn't want these things. And now God has brought some of you back. God has reinvigorated your passion for Him. And so you're here. And so it's like some of that hardness is being chipped away and we're all still dealing with that. And that's why we need other believers in our life to encourage us not once a week, But daily, we need this encouragement to follow and trust God and what he's calling us to do. Number four, the Christian life hinges. In other words, everything about what Jesus has called us to do rests. It hinges on our obedience to others in in, in these relationships. So our obedience to God, to relate to other people um, is so vital in in our walk with him. And in, in other words, Because He's called us to be in relationships, we we don't do what He wants us to do if we're not obeying Him and following Him into relationships in our life. Let me give you several scripture that that support this because it's all throughout the Bible, uh, especially in the New Testament, but even in the Old Testament. In Micah 6, 8, it says this, "'He, God, has showed you, O man, what is good, "'and what does the Lord require of you?' Good question to answer today. What does God want from you today? As our creator, what does he want you to do? Well, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Great verse. Act justly toward who? Other people. So God's calling you to act justly towards other people. So that takes relationships. To love mercy. Love mercy for who? How about the unborn children? How about the alien? How about the, 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 the least of these? So he's calling us to, to be in relationship, to love mercy for other people and to walk humbly with, with your God. And so to walk humbly with God, that means it's not about me, it's the mission. So, so here we see very clearly, God wants us to be in relationship, to, to be able to accomplish these things. You look at Galatians 5.22, these are the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, self-control. All of these things. Self-control towards who? Other people. Gentleness towards who? Other people. We look at all of these things. Patience towards who? Patience towards other people. So if we are following Jesus, if we're growing in him, then these fruits of the Spirit are bearing fruit in our life towards other people. This is key. The 10 commandments are summed up by Jesus in Matthew 22. Somebody came to him and said, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this. He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's our relationship with God. And then he follows that statement with, this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. What is it? Love your neighbor, yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the, the the whole point he sums up with our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. You cannot be obedient to God today and not be in relationship with other believers. That's why church is so valuable, it's so important. It's, it's a necessity in our life to engage in what God is doing. In and, and John chapter 17, we're gonna be there in several weeks as we go back to John and uh, finish up John. By the way, John finishes John chapter 20 on Easter Sunday this year, I cannot wait. Perfect timing, it's gonna be awesome. Um, in John chapter 17, verse 23, Jesus is praying for us. And as he's praying for us, the one thing that he prays for is unity between us. And he says that the way that the world is gonna know us is, is by our unity and our love for one another. You read that chapter today, it's amazing. In John 17, 23, he says, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved me. In other words, how does the world know that you sent me and loved me? By our unity that's why we've got to fight for unity that's why we got to fight for the right relationship that's why we got to fight for these things and love each other and understand how to handle conflict and all these wonderful things because if we don't then we bicker and fight and argue and leave and then the world doesn't know Jesus so is it about me or is it about the mission so that's what we got to focus on turning your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 I'll close with this because Acts 2 really gives us the picture for what we're trying to accomplish in the church today um, and we do that ultimately in our small groups. This is our large group gathering that pumps us up, builds us up, we worship together. This is a relational environment. We've got some cool things that are happening in the coming weeks. They're gonna make it even cooler and, 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 and much more um, uh, relational. But, but at the same time, if all we experience um, as far as church is sitting in rows, then we're not fully engaging in everything that God has for us. And so, so relationships are key. In verse 42 of Acts chapter two, This is the early church, and this is what they do. This is what we want to model. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So discipleship and fellowship is a big part of church, like like learning. The educational part of the Bible is an important part. It's not the only part, but it's an important part. Fellowship is an important, valuable part. Not the only part, but an important part. That's the relational side of things here. And they broke Bread and they prayed together. Prayer, huge part of what it means to be a New Testament church. Verse 30, 43, and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And listen to this, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So this is what, this is what we do. So, so in our small group, and I've got several stories of this, where there's a need in the group and instead of calling the government, instead of calling whatever, they share the need in their small group and then the small group meets that need. I mean, that's what the New Testament church is all about. You know, usually in, in other church models, it's everybody calling the pastor to, hey, fix this and do this. While I would love if, to be Superman and to fix all of your needs and to meet all of your needs, I wish I could do that, you know, for my wife, first of all, <laughs> but, but I can't. Um, but I would love to be able to do that for everybody. The reality is, in our system, our small group shepherds each other, cares for one another, and shares with one another. And so when there is a need, man, I'll sell what I've got so that I can give you some, some, some funds so that you can make that happen for you. And so, so that's, the, that's the concept of what we want get to get through. And some of you, you know, want that, need that. 2,000 years ago when Jesus came, there, there were men and women that had this desire to... To, to, to have this need filled and only Jesus could fill that. They were hungry for authentic relationships then, just like we are hungry for it today. Verse 46, and day by day, attending the temple together, they went to church every day. Anybody wanna sign up? No, we're not gonna, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. But, but, but I tell you what will happen. Being in relationship together, encouraging one another together sharing with one another together, that's the church coming together via cell phone, text message, hanging out for breakfast, lunch, all those great things. That's the church coming together uh, throughout the week. They broke bread together in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts and praising God and having favor with all people. So, so there was worship taking place. They were praising God. So yeah, the, the gathering together is important to praise God and we do that. Here you do that in your group as well. And having favor with all people and the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. So uh, evangelism is taking place. We're inviting people to our small group. We're inviting people to hear about the gospel on Sundays and in our small groups. And, and people are accepting Christ. And, and this is what the New Testament church is, is, is all about. This is what we want to be about. This is what we strive for. And, 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 and loving God and loving others through authentic, intentional relationships, Christ-centered relationships is what we are after here. Jesus made disciples this way. He spent his entire ministry with 12 dudes that he just lived his life with and he hung out with them and he taught them and shared with them and, and that's the structure and model that we wanna just share with you and, and ask you to follow as well, his model. And as we do, we believe that people are hungry for that authentic relationship. People are hungry to be um, involved in what God is doing and and embrace the spirit of God in their life to to meet those needs of first and foremost salvation, but then also those relational needs that, that God created us for. And now listen, when we talk about this stuff, when we talk about small group, when we talk about engaging in this process, listen, I know you've been hurt before. I have too. People hurt us. People break trust with us. And then what we do is we tend to kind of build that shell back up and we build that wall up and then we wanna isolate ourselves again. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to build that wall up and he wants you to isolate yourself. Because he knows that if he can isolate you from the rest of the flock, you know, he, he, can, he can tear you to pieces. You know, just like a wolf would attack a, 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 a flock of sheep, and, and what they would do is they would, they would, together as a team, they would try to isolate and veer one of the weaker ones off or just get one out of the flock. And then they can, they can have their way there. That's what the enemy wants to do with you. And so we've got to re-engage you. You've been hurt before. I get it. You, you, might, you, you may be hurt again in the future. There's no promises there. I, I, that's just how God uses us to grow even further. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's worth it to re-engage I understand that um, it's out of your comfort zone to be in a small group. It's it's out of your comfort zone to join this journey and to take these classes and to do this because you're kind of used to just doing your own thing. I I get that. But listen, you never grow inside your comfort zone. (laughs) I mean, look at your life. Has there ever been a growing season in your life where you've just been comfortable and God has just been blowing you up, You know, just doing awesome things? The only time God is is, is growing us is when we're outside of our comfort zone. And so that means we've gotta gotta engage in the process. We've gotta get involved in a small group. I'm just telling you this because I believe God wants to change your life. I'm telling you this because I believe God has much more for you. And I understand that you're busy. I'm busy too, I get that. Family, all the stuff, I get that. But at the end of the day, here's my final thought for you. Outside of raising your family to love and serve Jesus, There is nothing more important that you will ever do in your life than be a part of a church that is making disciples. I read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and there is nothing that God says that is more important than raising our family to love Jesus and serving him in our church to make disciples. There's nothing. So chase that rabbit as far as you want up the, the, the ladder of success Chase whatever money, chase whatever relationship, chase whatever dream you have, but at the end of the day, if that ladder is not leaning upon the ladder of Jesus Christ, you will be empty. So why not engage? Why not take that step today to jump out of your comfort zone and experience Jesus like never before? We're going to take communion this morning and Our folks are gonna um, pass out the bread and the juice. And as always, the scripture teaches us that when we take it, we wanna confess sin. We wanna restore relationship with God. And as we restore that relationship with God, we take the bread, knowing that the bread represents the broken body of Jesus and that the juice represents the blood that was spilled out for the sins of many. And so the band's gonna come after I pray, lead in a song. And as you guys receive this, um, you take it on your own. Uh, we're not gonna say, okay, time to take it. Just when you get it, you pray, you do your thing. When you're ready, you take it. We'll, we'll close with this song and then we'll be dismissed. And I wanna encourage you today. Going to the Small Group Connect doesn't mean that you're committing to anything. It just means that you're taking that baby step of, of joining a group and, and of finding out more information. And so take that baby step, learn a little bit more. I always tell people to test drive small groups. You guys can come on. And matter of fact, go ahead and, and start passing. Take that baby step and, and 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 just, you know, begin to learn a little bit more and test drive a few groups you may not like them. You may have to try a couple more, whatever it is. I believe God wants to do something great in your life. I'll pray you guys can pass. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your, your grace and mercy. And today as we sing and as we close with communion, may we remember your broken body. May we remember the blood that was spilled for our sins. And God, we lift up this time to you and for you. And I pray for everyone in this place that they would take that step. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.